it's a, <laughs> a menstrual of pressure. Yeah. We go, tell me when I go live. Raise my hand. Okay, hi guys, <laughs> we're live. We're live uh, this morning on Sunday, the 19th of April. And I just want to just say it's really good to be able to um, spend this, this time with you. Um, uh, and like Stefan said previously on our streaming, that uh, we're going to share communion with us. And I believe that God is going to confirm his word that I'm going to share this morning with you and that we're going to be ready to go through the doors that God has opened for us. And so just by way of introduction, um, the message that I felt God, even last week after I shared, um, uh, that um, he's giving me a message to share that's been close, very close to our heart and that we first heard in the 1980s. And that was that God's great end time harvest or God's great end time transfer of wealth. And so when we first heard this, we were so excited and it made sense to us. And we've been watching, we've been anticipating it even up until today. And so I really feel that this is a God message for us um, right now. And so, um, yeah, let me just stay with my notes just to start with. I mean, we've, you've got your outline and just if I can share with you that I've got a lot of scriptures that I've put in your outline. Some we may get to, some we may not. But I really just felt like God wanted me to give you enough scripture to be able to sow this word into your heart so that we can be ready to leave and to do what God wants us to do. And I believe that God is watching over this word, that it is a seed, it's incorruptible seed, it's going to go into your heart and it's gonna make you as the church of God ready for this amazing end time revival of the wealth of the wicked being put into the hands of the righteous. And so um, this great, uh, let, let me just briefly look at this and I, wa I wanna just kind of visit with you for a minute. But um, the great end time transfer of wealth is about God getting the earth and its resources back into the hands of the rightful owners so that we can use this finance for the end time harvest. And so this is about God getting the resources, the gold back into the hands of the rightful owners. It's not in the hands of the rightful owners right now. And God is going to move in the earth right now and he's going to bring it back into the hands of those who actually are the heirs of this amazing earth. And so, um, in fact, the Bible records, and I'm just going to tell you where we're going and then we're going to go there and, 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 and look at this, but, God, the, but the Bible records many supernatural transfers of wealth that took place in the Old Testament and it's going to happen again in our day. And so some people may think, well, gosh, Vanessa, what are you, why are you talking about uh, prosperity and gold when right now in New Zealand and around the world, the, the, the economies are crashing, people are losing their jobs um, and uh, we're all in lockdown. But I want you to know that the economy of God has not crashed. And as people hear this message of hope, that they are, are going to be able to be ready to receive what God has for them. If you don't know that God has gold for you, how can you receive it? And so this message is a message of hope for not only the church, but for the body, for, for, for the people out there in the earth, that they know that God's got their back and God's got some stuff ready for them, unimaginable things ready for them. And so um, and before I just get into the message, I want um, us to just have a quick, a brief look at some of the prophetic words that God gave us 
towards the end of last year and even in the beginning of this year in January, he gave us some specific words um, that he spoke about his plenty, about his unimaginable blessings coming upon us. And so I want to look at those because um, the Word of God, in fact, uh, on your outline, the first scripture we've got is 2 Chronicles 2020. Now we're in 2020 right now, church. We're in 2020 and this is what God says. Hear me. He says, Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, you believe the Lord and you shall be established. And thou believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. And so God is saying, hear me, church. If you believe my report, if you believe the words that I'm giving you, you are going to be established. You're not going to be um, blown away. If you believe his prophetic words from the written word of God, but also the prophetic words that are coming forth, then you are going to prosper. Uh, and so I just want to have a look at that. I mean, first of all, we had Terry Walker, uh, many of you know, and he came in to uh, speak to us in November and he said to us, he said, look, I've just had a dream in the last few days. He said, I, he said, I don't normally have incredible encounters like this. And he said, and, and I believe this word is for you as the church. And he said, I'm sensing that God is sending people, resources, finances, healings, miracles. And he said, and it's happening even right now as I speak, Terry said. It's happening right now as I speak. And he said, and I'm getting this word, unimaginable, unimaginable things that God has for us. And so we've taken that word and we're putting it on posters. We have been speaking it out into you, to, into, your, into your heart during messages, during prayer, that unimaginable things that God has for us. Not only that, but um, in um, uh, December and November, we were looking at, okay, God, what are, what's the 40 days campaign that we're going to be doing? And we're going to be opening up the new decade 2020 with, what are we going to be doing? And God said, I want you to speak on open doors that man will never shut again. And the, the title for the campaign uh, was, it's time to dream big. Time to dream big. Now, this, just is, this is going totally opposite to what the world is saying right now. Um, it's in direct contrast to what's happening. Plenty, uh, open doors, time to dream big. And so we launched a campaign talking about God opening doors no man can shut. Um, and we've been talking about the unimaginable. Not only that, and this is the final word that um, God gave us. I mean, there's other words, but this other word that Stephen opened in uh, January, and he said, 220, God is giving me the word 220. This is a year of plenty. 2020, a year of plenty. And I jumped on that and said, no, I want it to be a decade of plenty. And so I believe that this is God's will for you as believers, for us as the church. Uh, this is a time, this is a season, a decade of plenty, unimaginable things that, that are going to be happening in our lives and in the earth right now. And so, um, uh, yeah, and, and so this is where we want, to, we want to go. And so let's just read the scripture in Revelations, chapter 3, verse 8, where it says, God is saying here, this is his word, and he says, See, I have set before you an open door. I have set before you an open door. And no man can close it. Well, right now we're behind closed doors. 
Right now, the government's shut down everything and they put us behind closed doors. But I tell you right now, the word of the Lord is that no man can close the doors that God has opened. Naturally, there may be doors that have closed, but in the spirit realm right now, as we speak, doors are being opened for the church. And those doors are doors of of prosperity and wealth that God is opening and is going to come into your hands for the financing of this end time gospel of this end time harvest. And so right now what we are seeing, we are seeing king, the kingdoms of this world that are being shaken. The kingdoms of this world being shaken, but we are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so as you stay in the word, as we stay in the word and look at these prophetic promises that God has given us, we are going to prosper in these days. Now you may have lost a job, But God told me on Wednesday, this Wednesday, Vanessa, let the people know that if they've lost the job, the children of Israel, they all, the whole nation, lost their job in one night. Why? Because God had something better for them. He had his gold, his silver, and he was taking them into the promised land. So I'm speaking prophetically to you to say, God has got something better for you. If you've lost your job, then God says, that's okay. I've got something better. Just look up, believe my word, and you're going to be established and you're going to prosper. Praise the Lord. And so in this time, God is going to make a distinction between the kingdoms of this world and his children. He is going to make a distinction. That's what he said to to Moses, to Pharaoh. He said, I'm going to make a distinction between Egypt and the children of Israel. And they will see that you're called by my name and they will stand in awe of what I am able to do. And why is God going to do that? Because he wants the people of the earth to look at how good our God is and to come on into the kingdom, to come on into the family and join the plenty that he already created for us to live in. Praise the Lord. And so it's interesting, you know, that there's many voices out there. Uh, and I've been online just looking at some voices and some of them are blaming God for, for the floods. They're blaming God for the fires. They're blaming God for the catastrophes that are happening and saying God is, uh, is, is judging the people. And as soon as I hear that click, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to negative um, things that, are speak, that people are speaking about my God, my Father, because I know him. I know that he's a good God. I know that he loves his creation. He loves the people of the earth. I know that his mercies are new every morning. I know his character. And I know that he's the God who blesses. He's the God who blesses. Yes, there's coming a time of judgment, seven years of tribulation, where God is going to judge the governments of this earth, and he's going to judge Satan and those that are belonging to him. But God wants to redeem. At the same time in the tribulation, there's going to be a great harvest of souls coming into the family. Um, praise God. And so Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. We need to know this, church, that the people who know their God, the people who know who He is, that He's a good God, He's a good Father, the people who know their God, what's, gonna, what's their outcome? God says, you're going to become strong and you're going to do exploits. Now, this is in the book of Daniel, and Daniel's talking about end-time prophetic things that are happening. And it says here, the people who know, who know their God, they're going to be strong, and they're going to do exploits. We've been made for this time, church. God's birthed you, and he planned you to be here for such a time as this. And so you are strong, and you're ready to do some incredible exploits 
for the Father in this time. There's also another scripture that, oh, these are beautiful Old Testament scriptures that are promises for us, where it says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says right now and, and, and through every generation, it says that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking, looking. What's he looking for? He's looking for people that he can show himself strong. It says here to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. And so God's looking right now. Because he's just anticipating, I want to show myself strong on your behalf. I want to show my miracles. I want to show my unimaginable plenty on behalf of you. And so this is where we are right now, church. And so what, what is important for us, God is saying, is Vanessa, Vanessa, tell them what we listen to, what we believe, and what we say in this time is vital for your future. Let me say it again. What we listen to, what we believe, and what we say out of our mouth is vital to our future. It's vital to our future. If you want to go in and, and inherit the promised land, what you say is incredibly important. And so be careful who you listen to, because we're listening to the voices that say that we're the church, we're the glorious church, that Satan is not more glorious than us. We are the church. We are the family of God. We are the ears of God, joint ears with Christ Jesus. We are going out, leaving this earth in victory, not in defeat. And so let's have a look, number, let's have a look at this point here, point number three, that Satan would like to convince the church that it's over for us. This is one of the voices that we're hearing right now, that he's trying to, he's trying to convince us that it's over for us. Uh, and, and, he's, and, and it's interesting because in the Exodus story, if we have a look at that, and we looked at that briefly last week, uh, Exodus was mocking Moses, and he, he was actually mocking God. And, um, you know, God was saying, let my people go that they may serve me. And he refused to, and God gave him 10 opportunities, 10 opportunities to humble himself and to let God's people go. And, and, and Pharaoh was there and he was saying, well, okay, the men can go, but you leave the children, you leave the wives, you leave your, you leave your stock, leave the livestock. Uh, and so 10 times God gave him opportunity. And God said to Moses, let the children know that you're not leaving anything behind. You're taking it all. You're taking your wives, you're taking your children, you're taking the, 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 the livestock. Not only that, but you're taking the silver and gold with you. You're taking the silver and the gold with you. And so for me, I look at the body of Christ and I see that some Christians are content to be saved. Oh, and praise God, salvation, going to heaven, eternally saved is, is absolutely important. But they're not prepared to stand in faith for their healing. They're not prepared to stand in faith for peace of mind and freedom from demonic oppression. And some of them thinking, oh, my family's lost. No, God says you and your household shall be saved. And so we're standing on that. Not only that, <clears throat> there's many in, 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 in the church that don't want to stand for financial prosperity, but this is part of our redemption. Our redemption is not complete unless we take the gold. Now think about it. The children of Israel's redemption out of Egypt was not completed until they had favor and they took the gold and the silver with them. And why did they take it? God was leading them into the promised land and they were going to use that gold to worship God with. 
And so our redemption, I say it again, it's not complete until there's a transfer of this incredible wealth that belongs to the body of Christ. And so let me say that um, the governments of this world, very much like Pharaoh, they've, they've mocked the church. They've tried to shut us down. Not only that, they've actually tried to say that the church is not essential. We are not an essential service in our nation. How dare they to tell us that we are not essential? We are essential. Without us, there is no light. We are the light of the world, Jesus said. And we're supposed to be on the hill, shining out. And so they're mocking God right now. They're filling this generation with secular education, taking their attention with entertainment, and passing laws that remove the ancient boundary marks. Passing abominable laws in defiance of God. You think about it, even just recently in our history, there's just less than 100 people that voted, for an, 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 that voted to push through an abominable law when there was a million voices that said, don't do it. And so that's a defiance against the living God, against the great I am. And so while we're in lockdown, church, God wants you to know that he is repositioning his people and that we are ready to walk out the door. We're ready to walk through the doors that God has opened for us. We've been in the upper room. We've cleaned out the unclean things, the leaven, anything in our lives. I really encourage you, anything unclean, anything that is just not, um, it may not be sin, but it's just taking your attention. Clean it out and be ready to go through the doors that God has for you because it's right now. We're not slaves. We're not slaves, we're sons. We're not sick, we're the healed. We're not poor. God is transferring wealth that is unimaginable into our hands and it's happening right now as I speak. And so we are the apostolic church. You have a look and I got you to, we got you to read the book of Acts at the beginning of this year and really to look and see the power that the early church walked in, the power that the apostolic council, the apostolic authority was in the church and to see what that looked like because we are this apostolic church at the close of the church age, at the close of this 2,000 years. And there's, so there's some supernatural anointings that are being released right now on your life as you receive this word and even as I speak. And so let's have a look at this. Um, the, the, the title of my message is um, God's Great, and I will put in brackets, End Time Transfer of Wealth is Right Now. Are you ready? And so uh, oh, I'm excited about this right? and, and the things that I want to share. So, but before I sh get into the um, details of this and, and, and even the scriptures on this, I really felt that God wanted me to remind us um, that it is God's will to bless his creation. It is God's will to prosper us, to multiply us, to increase us because we can't receive what God has for us with this incredible wealth unless we have established in our heart from the word that it's God's will to bless, um, to bless our lives. And so it's, uh, it's yeah, and, and really I need to share this because I can't speak freely about this transfer of wealth unless we do establish the foundations that God is the God who blesses. He's the one who's blessed us and no one can reverse it. You know, over the years we've heard, um, 
we've heard uh, you know people's you know people quote well hey um, money's the root of all evil I mean have some, have some of you heard that it comes from uh, a 1 Timothy uh, 610 um, money's the root of all evil and, and I don't think I have that scripture for you I'm just quoting it um, but they've misquoted that because money is not the root of all evil if you go back and you read that uh, the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil not money is not the root of all evil it's the love of money that is a root of all evil. And so, you know, the, the proverb says that prosperity ruins a fool. Prosperity in the hands of a fool, it will ruin them. But you see, we're not fools, we are wise. We're wise servants, we're good stewards of the money. And we're going to use the money as a tool to be about our father's business. We're about kingdom business. And so the love of money is the root of all evil, not money. So let's even just, just kick over that, 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 that doctrine. And it's a doctrine of devils. And Satan's used it to keep the church poor so he can keep managing her and keep her down and, 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 and slow her down from fulfilling what God has for us. So let's have a look on the, the outline. Uh, and, and just let me just add to this. The problem with the money is that the wrong people have it. The problem with the money in the earth right now, the gold in the earth, is the wrong people have it. But you put it into the hands of the righteous and we will use it for a good cause. We will use it for the kingdom of God. And so number A, let's have a look. God's intention. Let's, let's have a look at the beginnings when God opened his story that God's intention has always been to bless his creation. It's the central, it's a central truth. It's a central focus right throughout the Old Testament, right throughout the New. That Jesus said, I've come to give you life when he came. And so in the beginning, God opens his story. And what does he do? He opens his story of creation and he says, let's make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. And then he goes on to say in, in Genesis um, 1, 28, it says, then God, after God created man in his image, he, he created man to be like him. And then what does he do? Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it, over the fish of the sea, the, the birds of the air, have dominion over everything, every living thing that moves on the earth. And so the blessing equals, what does it equal? The blessing equals being fruitful, the blessing on our lives, the blessing on Adam. What did it equal? It equaled, it represented to be fruitful. It represents multiplying. It represents filling the earth, having dominion, subduing. And so the blessing that God placed upon his man Adam, upon us, is the same power that God used to create the world. The blessing. And God blessed them. I want to say it again. God blessed us as his creation in his image and likeness. And it is the same power. The blessing is the same power God used to create the world. And this is how we are, we are to function. The blessing is how we are to function on the earth. It's something that's on the inside of our spirit. And what does it do? It allows us to be fruitful. It allows us to multiply. It allows us to fill the earth and to have dominion and to subdue. That's what the blessing is. And we see here a scripture, Proverbs 10, 
22, what does it say? The blessing of the Lord. What does it do? It makes us rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You know, people in the world, they are gathering, they're gathering wealth, they're gathering wealth. But boy, there's some sorrow with it. There's divorces, there's broken families, kids on drugs, deception, lies with, that, with the gold that, they are, that, that, they're, that they're producing. But when God, when God's blessing is on us, <clears throat> it produces riches and he doesn't add the sorrow with it. And so the blessing causes us to grow. In fact, you know, I need to go through this reasonably quickly. Um, in fact, in your outline, it says that the blessing of God on you, it produces blessings. Or we could say the blessing on our lives produces stuff. And it equals, it, the blessing causes us to grow, to accumulate and to become rich. Not only that, have a look at this point here, that the blessing of God has got creative power in it. And God blessed us. It says here, Deuteronomy 8, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power, gives you the power to create wealth that he may establish his covenant. And that word power means the ability, the might, the strength, the vigor, the force, the capacity to create wealth. That is on us right now. And so from the very beginning, God's blessing was upon his creation. Not only that, but we find out in the, that God reestablishes in the time when the, there was the great flood and, 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 and when Noah came out of the ark, God had to judge um, the earth at that time because it was so corrupt. And, God, and, and, and um, Noah came out of, the, out of the ark. The place was in chaos. I mean, you imagine. You come out of the ark. There's been the heavens have been let loose. All of the all of the the parts of the deep have just re, re, been released with water. There's a flood. There's death. There's there's destruction everywhere. And Noah comes out of the ark. And what does God do? In Genesis chapter nine. And so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to him, "Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth." God reestablished the blessing on Noah after the flood. And if we think about this, in the midst of this chaos that Noah was looking at, but the blessing was upon him and the blessing empowered Noah to take the worst place on earth and turn it back into a paradise. That's what the blessing will do. It'll get whatever situation you're in right now, God's blessing is on you and you can take the chaos, you can take the mess and you can transform it into a paradise. Number three, let's quickly move on so we can get to, uh, get to the transfer of wealth. God made a, made a bless, made, made a, sorry, God established an everlasting covenant of blessing with Abraham and with his seed. Genesis 12, um, verse two to three, it says here, Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing and in you all the nations or all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, keeping in mind what the, what the definition of that word means. And so God blessed Isaac, God blessed Jacob, and, God, and throughout all the generations, God's blessing is to be upon his people. The blessing God, of God makes you rich. And we, we, see, we, we see examples of this with, um, with David. I mean, King David, he was so blessed at this, at, in, in his generation, that he heaped up silver. There was so much silver in the land that he heaped it outside the city because it was too much. 
Not only that, his son came down uh, and, and we have Solomon and he was so rich. He was the richest man in the whole earth at that time. He had the gold. He had the wealth. And the Queen of Sheba had come up from Africa and she visited him and she said to Solomon, the half has not been told me of the wealth that is upon this nation right now. And so that's what the blessing looks like. And we need to understand that in Christ, that if you are in Christ, then the blessing of Abraham has come upon us by faith. The blessing of Abraham has come upon us by faith. And so we are heirs of this blessing and we can expect and God wants us to expect to operate in this. God says, whatever you put your hands to, it shall prosper because the blessing of God is upon your life. And so just as we establish this wonderful understanding that God wants you rich, God wants you blessed, God wants you to be like David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, all the way through. Uh, he wants us to walk in this and we are going to see it again in our day. And so God's great transfer of wealth is for us right now. And so let's talk about this transfer um, so that we can be ready for it. And again, the transfer of wealth is about getting the resources of the earth back into the hands of its rightful owner. This transfer of wealth is about getting the resources, the gold, back into the hands of the rightful owner. Well, somebody say, well, who's the rightful owner? Well, actually, God told us who the rightful owner is. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In fact, God turned around and he says, have a look in, 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 the, in the scripture in Haggai. God tells us who the rightful owner is. He says, the silver's mine. <laughs> I love it. God says, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And look what he adds to this. He says, the glory of this latter house, this latter temple, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. We are the latter house. We are the latter, prophetically, we are the latter house of God's glory. And God says that the glory of the latter house, the glory of the end time church, I'll just put my definition in there, my paraphrase in there. The glory of the church shall be greater than the glory of the former. And when we heard this message, I tell you, it was just, you see the glory in the Old Testament. You see the glory that God had on the children of Israel. You see the incredible miracles. And God is promising in Haggai in our day that, hey, what you saw back then is nothing compared to what I'm about to do with my church. We are going out in glory. We are his glorious church. And we cannot be glorious unless we have the silver and unless we have the gold in our hands and unless we are operating in it like they did in the Old Testament. And so who's the rightful owner? Who's the rightful owner of the resources in the earth, the wealth? God is. Not only that, but God says that he has appointed Jesus Christ as heir of all things. Let's read the scripture here in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. It says, God has in these last days, and so he's speaking about our last days. The last days started 2,000 years ago. And so he says, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir 
of all things through whom he's made the world. Now, let me read that again. That God has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he made the world. And so there's a clash. There's a clash happening in the earth. There's a clash of two kingdoms happening. We've got the kingdom of darkness and we've got the kingdom of, of God. We've got Christ's kingdom. And when Jesus Christ came into the earth, he's the heir. He is the rightful owner. He has been appointed as the heir of all things. And through whom, through him, God made the, made the world. And so when he came into the earth 2,000 years ago, well, he, he, was, he was born then and then 30 years later, um, he came to take the earth back off of Satan, off of Satan's control, um, which Satan had obtained because the first Adam had handed over the authority in the garden to him. And so Satan has been controlling the kingdoms of this world. He's been controlling the silver and the gold. And when Jesus Christ arrived on the earth, Satan had been waiting for the seed of the woman who was going to destroy him. And he'd been waiting all through the generations to see who the seed was. And finally he had arrived. He thought the seed, he thought Moses was the seed. And so at his time, he wiped out all the male children because he thought, oh, he knew that there was a deliverer arising. And then we find out when Jesus turned up on the scene, Satan knew. And so he had um, the, the, the king at that time kill all the baby boys. And that's why God said to Joseph, take him down to Egypt. And God had Jesus in Egypt and then he brought him back when that, when that king had, had been removed. And so Satan's been watching and he'd been waiting for the rightful heir of the earth to come onto the scene. And so we find here, in Luke, and I want to just spend some time with us because again, we need to grasp and understand that the authority of the earth belongs to Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. It belongs to us. We are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We've been made custodians of the earth. We've been made ambassadors of Christ. And we've got power of attorney to operate in the earth on behalf of our Father. And so let's have a look here in Luke. Satan understanding that Jesus Christ, the rightful heir, has come. And so look what he does here. Then the devil taking Jesus up onto a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all of this authority I will give you and their glory for they have been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I wish. Therefore, if you will bow, sorry, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only will you serve. Now, I want to have a look at the scripture because this powerful stuff in here, and it lets us see what has been going on in the spirit realm and who's been controlling the earth. And, and, and giving us an understanding. And so here it says here, the devil, this is a temptation. Jesus was led out into the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, and he was tempted by the devil. And, and one of the temptations that is noted here in the book of Luke is that the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you. He showed him the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, all of this authority 
and all the glory I'm going to give to you. It's been given to me. Who gave it to him? The first Adam handed it over. It belonged to Adam. God had given it to us. He'd given us dominion, told us to, to subdue the earth. And through sin, it was handed over to Satan. And he said, I can, I, he says, and, and look what he says, the glory of them has been delivered to me. And Satan says, I can give it to whom I wish. I can give the glory. I can give the gold. I can give the authority to whoever I wish. How do they get this glory? How do they get the gold, the authority? How, does, how, how do they get it? It's if they bow down and worship Satan. And we've seen this. We've seen that there's people in the earth right now and they have bowed down to Satan and they are Luciferians. They are Satan worshippers and they are bowing down to him and Satan has handed them the authority. He's handed them the gold of the earth and they're using it to kill, to steal and to destroy. Jesus said to the, the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, and the desire and the plans of your father you will do. He was wicked from the beginning. And so these people are doing wickedness in the earth and they have the gold, they have the authority and they have the silver, but it's not theirs. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the heir of the earth who is Jesus Christ. And because we are joint heirs with him, it belongs to us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Satan was saying, Jesus, if you'll worship me, I'll hand it all to you. Well, Jesus was coming for the authority of the earth. He was coming for the gold. But he wasn't going to bow to Satan. He was going to bow to his father, God. And he was going to worship God by offering himself as the sacrificial lamb on the cross to die for the sin that Adam had committed. So that when he rose from the dead, he's taking captivity captive. He's giving the gifts to men. The gifts to men is the earth and the gold that's in the earth. 1 John 3, 8. And again, this is a whole message right there. The authority of the believer. But within the authority of the believer is also the gold, because whoever has the authority has the gold. And so 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now that word destroy means to undo and to untie. Undo and untie, not destroy, because Satan's not destroyed. He's still around the earth. He's roaming the earth right now, seeking whom he may devour. So he's not been destroyed, but, but, but Jesus Christ came to undo the work of Satan. Undo the work that he's done. And God, now God has given us the authority to execute on Satan the judgment that's already been written. That's in Psalm 149.9. And so Jesus, after he rose from the dead, he led captivity captive. He said that on this word, on this word, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church, the rock of my word. I'm building my church and the governments of hell cannot prevail against us. And so when we build our lives on the word that I'm preaching, on this word, there's no government that can shut us down. There's no government can tell us that we're not essential. There's no human being that can close the door on the church because God has opened the church doors. He's opened the door and no one can reverse that. And so no devil can prevail against what God is doing in our day right now. Jesus rose from the dead and before he went back to, the, back to, the, back to heaven, he said in Matthew 28, 18, he said, now all authority belongs to me. Who's the rightful owner? All authority belongs to me in heaven and on earth. And now, church, you go. Family of God, you go with this authority and make disciples of nations. 
Go, go, take, go bring the nations to me. The nations are my inheritance. The nations are my inheritance. Right now, Satan's stealing the nations from us and from God. But God promised that the nations have been given to us for our inheritance. And we need the gold to be able to finance the end time gospel message so we can bring in the harvest. And so Jesus has given us governmental authority. Governmental authority. We have jurisdiction. As I said, we're the heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so we are actually the rightful owners of the gold and of the resources of the earth. And so let me just relax here and just say point number three here, that our redemption is not complete without the transfer of wealth. Let me say it again. Your redemption, my redemption, the church, our redemption is not complete without this transfer of wealth coming from the, from the thief who has stolen and destroyed into the hands of the church. It's exactly the same story as Exodus. And I, and I, and I, you know, I won't repeat that for sake of time. But Satan has been controlling Controlling the silver and gold. He's been tr controlling the authority. Even though, he, even though he, it, it doesn't belong to him anymore, he's been operating illegally because the church has not taken authority over him as she should. But we are waking up to the truth, to the fact of what God has said in his word. And we're starting to move and operate in this ju judicial authority. Let's have a look here in 1 John 5.19. The Gospel of 1 John 5.19, it says that the whole earth, the whole earth lies under the sway of the wicked one. And so we're not talking about a, a, an isolated small incident here. We're talking about Satan, who's a principality, who's a power, who was created as a ruler in the beginning until he fell. But he's now a ruler of darkness. We're talking about spiritual wickedness, Ephesians says, in the heavenly places. And Paul talks about in Corinthians and Ephesians, spiritual wickedness. And so over governments right now, there is principalities and powers. You look at it and you read in the book of Daniel, when Daniel had been praying and he was wanting an answer from God and he'd been fasting and praying 21 days and the angel of the Lord came to see him and it was... Uh, um, it was Michael, the warring angel, came to see him and said, Daniel, O man, greatly beloved of God, from the first day that you began to set your heart to seek the Lord, your words were heard in heaven. And he says, but I had to fight the prince of Persia. Pr the prince of Persia was not the natural king. It was a principality. And he said, and the fight was so strong that I had to call Gabriel to come and help me. And he says, and now I have come, I've come because of your words. And so there's stuff going on in heavenly places. And so you, us praying and declaring the word, what say Daniel had given up on day 20 or day 18, what would have happened? But he was praying and fasting 21 days. And right there in the spirit realm, there was a fight going on. Why? Principalities trying to stop the answers from coming. And so when we know our authority, we know God is on our side. We know God is the blesser. We know what belongs to us. We will stand, having, having done all to stand, we will stand until the answer 
comes. The angels are ministering spirits. God sends them forth to minister to the ears of salvation. The Bible says that the angels are listening for his word. And when they hear the word, they can come and they can operate on our behalf for us. And so Satan is right now ruling as we can see. Look, open our eyes and we can see what's happening in government circles around the world and in, 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 in high places. And these people have bowed, like we said, and they are worshipping Satan. And so he's handed authority to them. He's handed the gold. He's handed the silver to them. And God is using these people to kill, steal, and destroy the planet. Why? Because God loves the planet. God loves the people. And every time a person is hurt and destroyed and in poverty and lack and in sickness, God's heart is grieving. And Satan is glee, is, has got a glee on his face because he knows that he can't hurt God. But how do you hurt God? You hurt his children. I mean, you come against me and I can handle it, but you come against my children and that hurts. And so we've got right now on our, on our earth, we've probably got about 10% of the population of that that are holding the gold. It's about to change. And so there's an interesting saying that says here that the golden rule, the golden rule is whoever has the gold makes the rules. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. And so the thing is that many Christians, and I've thought this kind of half pie, but many Christians have thought, well, if we just get enough people saved, if we just go in there by stealth and just get enough people saved, we can turn the nation around. Look at these scriptures here. Proverbs 22, 7 says that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rule over the poor. Now, these are wicked rich people right now in the earth and government places, government organizations. And they're not government, actually. They're privately owned organizations. And these rich people are ruling over the poor. And nations that are borrowing to them, have borrowed from them, are slaves to these people who are lenders. Not only have a look at this, Ecclesiastes 9.16. Then I said... Wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, an observation is that the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Now, we can have all the wisdom we like, but if we don't have any money, it says here that if we, if we don't have any money, if we're poor Christians, then the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. I tell you, this is true. This is true. And we've actually just seen the reality of this. Right now, if you don't have money, if you don't have money, nobody wants to hear what you've got to say. But you walk into the government with two or three billion dollars and everybody wants to hear what you've got to say because you've got money. Now, you may not have wisdom. You may have wickedness that's in your heart. But because of the money, they'll listen to you. And so, church, we've prayed. We've spoken. We've petitioned. But the lawmakers have still made laws, even though a million people recently in our nation said, we don't want certain laws passed. But there was less than 100 people. They passed it anyway. And so what was it? It's the tipping point comes with money. And so again, our redemption is not complete until we see the gold transferred into our hands. And that's what God has said. God's opening our eyes to see that the riches or the wealth of the sinner Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinner 
is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And so let's just have a look here. I'm going to go quickly now. If you just give me another 10 minutes, I believe that we should be able to handle that. Um, because I want to get this this message all in one all in one um, session. I mean, this this is a this is a whole study, maybe two or three two or three sessions if we open it up fully. And so God, number five, God transferring wealth into the hands of His people. This is not an isolated incident. We see this all through the Old Testament. It's not an isolation. We see it all through the Old Testament. Overnight, God transferred. We see um, the children of Israel, and there's a scripture here. Um, that we can quickly read. And I just want to do, uh, let's have a look. Do we have time? God plundered Egypt and transferred the silver into their hands. Let's just jump down to point number two. God transferred, transferred the promised land into the possession of the children of Israel. When they went into the promised land, there was a transfer of wealth that took place. Look at this in, uh, De in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 to 11. It says here, and when the Lord brings you into the land that he swore to the fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you, look at this, a land with large flourishing cities you didn't build, God said. I'm giving you cities you didn't build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things that you didn't provide. Wells that you didn't dig. And vineyards and olive groves that you didn't plant. What's that? It's a transfer of wealth. They went in there and God gave them. Imagine that. You walking into a multi-million dollar house. You didn't pay for it and you walk in there. That's a transfer. Joseph, look at this one here. It's, it's all through the Old Testament. If you open your eyes and, and, we, and we read the Old Testament with that understanding. We see Joseph. He went from the prison to the palace overnight. He didn't work for it. He went from the prison one day. The next day he was in the palace. Look what happened. The Pharaoh said to him, you shall be over my house and over all the people and all the people shall be ruled according to your word, Joseph. Only in regards to the throne will I be greater than you. And he said, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. We are going to see that in this time. Pharaoh said, I am Pharaoh and without your consent, Joseph, no man will lift his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Now, I'd encourage you to go over these scriptures and read them and read them and read them because this is happening again in our day. God is putting his people into high places and there's nothing's going to happen and take place in our nation without their word and their word is going to be good and their word is going to bless this nation. Their word is going to bring prosperity and salvation to this nation. It's happening even as we speak. And so let's have a look at this other point, point number six. God's end time transfer of wealth is going to be on a global scale. We saw it, the children of Israel, we saw it happen to Joseph. We saw it happen to Abraham several times. We saw it happen to Jacob taking Laban's uh, prosperity off of him over, you know, over a period. We are going to see this transfer of wealth. It's going to be on a global scale. Right around the whole earth, we're going to see the wealth of the sinner being laid up for the just, and, uh, which, which again is in Proverbs. So let's just read. I'm going to read a few scriptures on, on, on James right now. And, and, and let's have a look and see what God is doing and why God is doing this. And uh, again, because of time, I'm reading this reasonably fast. And I'd love to preach on it. And we teach on this in our Bible college. Um, and so James chapter 1, sorry, James chapter 5, 1 to 3. And God's speaking and says, Go now, you rich men, weep and howl. 
for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as a fire. That's the destiny of these people. They're going into the fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. We're talking about last days. It goes on to say, Indeed, the wages of the laborers who plowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Seboeth. God's heard this. God's seen what's going on in the earth. The wickedness. The lives that have been destroyed by these money changes. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You've fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. And so this is coming. This is their future, a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, and he doesn't resist you. Now it's just interesting to note here that God did not confront these rich people because they were rich. He confronted them because they'd failed in their stewardship of the wealth of the earth. They'd failed. They'd destroyed people. They'd hurt people. They'd destroyed nations. And so James goes on to say, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord, for the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And that's what God is doing right now. He's waiting for the fruit of the earth. He's waiting for this end-time harvest, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. It says, you also be patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And so we see right now that the coming of the Lord is at hand. We are being patient. This transfer of wealth is happening. The former rain was the beginning of the church age. We're in the time of the latter rain where there's an outpouring. And, and Stephen's taught on this and he said to us that, hey, that time of harvest is the most expensive time on farming. He comes from farming background, 400 years of farming. And the time to bring in the harvest is the most expensive time. And so we've got billions of people that we are bringing into the kingdom right now. This is an expensive time. We need the money to bring in this harvest. Look, let, let's read Job 27. It says, this is the portion of the wicked man, says the Lord. Though you heap up silver like dust and pile up clothing like clay, he may pile it up, but the just will wear it and the innocent will divide the silver. So there's a transfer happening. Ecclesiastes turns around and says this similar thing. Ecclesiastes 2.26. God says to the sinner that he gives the task of gathering, of storing up the wealth. Why? To hand it over to the one who pleases God. So there's a handover to the one who pleases God. And again, who are the one that pleases God? Well, Proverbs 28 says, it says, one who increases his possessions by usury and extortion. He's gonna, he gathers it to give it to him who will pity the poor. And so we are here, our heart is for the poor. Our heart is for those that aren't saved. And right now it's coming into our hands. God is transferring this wealth. And so church, hearing me now just as we begin to, to, to wind down and to close, that there is a revival happening. In fact, there's two revivals happening. There's a revival of the transfer of wealth happening right now. And then after that and almost and, and, and together it's happening as the, there is coming in a harvest of souls. There is a revival and there's a pouring in. Families are coming on and a rise shine, your light has come. 
the glory is risen on you. Darkness covers the earth, deep darkness the people. The Lord is rising on us. His glory is being seen upon us. The kings are coming. They're bringing their wealth with them. They're bringing their children with them. And so God is saying, are you ready? Well, who's it ready? Where's this gold coming? How's it? It's going to happen supernaturally. You're not going to work for it. It's just coming and God's going to put it into your hands. And so those who are ready are going to receive it. Well, Vanessa, who's ready? Well, let me tell you. The tithers. The people that are tithers are the people that are ready. The people that are in faith. The people that are believing this, they will be ready. Remember we said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. He's looking to see who's a tither, who's in faith. Those who will also be about kingdom business. And so, you see, we said that the gold corrupts a fool. But those who are wise know what to do with the gold when it comes. And so let's just, right now, we're going to spend some time just praying and um, taking communion. And I don't want to rush this time. I, I sense I, I've preached this message very fast to be able to get it all in. Um, but I want us to just spend some time right now and just allow the, the anointing to change from teaching and preaching to just allow the Holy Spirit to just quiet us in our heart and just allow some transfer to start taking place in our heart and say, yes, God, I believe this word. I receive this word. I'm anticipating. Lord, it's, it, it seems unimaginable what you are going to do. It's unimaginable. But God is the God that gives us the press down, the shaken together, the running over. Now unto him who's able to do unimaginable things. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. Right now, your situation, you may not have a home. You may not have a house right now. God wants you to have lands and houses. You may not have very much. But I'll tell you what, God is transferring things. You can be trusted. I know you can. In the, in the book of, um, in fact, just as we're closing, we're, we're starting to close, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll start back up preaching. Uh, we're in a time of plenty. That's the word the Lord says. A decade, we've moved into not just a year of plenty, a decade of God's plenty. We've moved into unimaginable things. God is adding to you to people, resources, finances, lands, houses, miracles, whatever you need. God is adding it to you now. You're just saying, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. And so, Father God, as we, um, as Stephen's going to come down and he's going to join us to take communion. And so just as we're sort of getting ready for that and you're getting ready for that, let's just quieten ourselves and just let's believe for this presence of God, the Holy Spirit, to just confirm this word to us with signs following. God says that. I will confirm my word with signs following. I'm believing God for signs. You know, we own our home. We own our home. We don't, we're not a debtor to our home. God has blessed us with this home. Our church is, is almost, almost paid off. All of the stuff paid off. And we're moving on to something bigger and better. Oh, no, man. I don't want to own. I want the blessing of God. On. Come, on, come on and step on. So thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. So Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you've, Lord, help me not to rush through this and to be able to just help your people to be able to take a hold of this amazing message, this incredible revival. Lord, the completion 
the completion of our salvation, which is your gold in the hands of the rightful owners. Father God, we thank you that as we, even as we take communion together as a church family and those of you listening um, that are in the church, you're in our family as well. Let's just receive this as we take this um, communion. And I, and I want to pray and then Stephen may want, would, he may add some things to this. Are you ready, Steph? Yes, indeed. Okay. So Father God, we just thank you that as we are your children, we are your ears. We're ears of God. We're joint ears with Christ Jesus. You've given us this earth. Jesus, you didn't die for nothing. You died so that we could, so that you could place the earth back in the hands of the rightful owners. Lord, the silver is yours. Father God, the silver is yours. The gold is Thank yours. You the cattle Lord. on a thousand hills is yours. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. But Father, you are our Father, and you've given this to us. And so as we take communion this morning, we just want to say as we take this communion that we say yes and amen to all of your promises. We hear your word, and we're asking you to establish this word in our hearts. Yes, Father, we're hearing your prophets and we're believing that as we receive this word, that yes, indeed, it causes us to prosper, but not just prosper. It causes us to have the doors that are opened to this incredible transfer that has got to be a divine transfer. It's not by our might and power, but it's by your power and might. So we want to thank you for that in Jesus' name. So why don't we just partake of that? Amen. All right, friends, let's... Uh Take our bread and our cup and uh, just again a quick uh, reminder. And Pastor Vanessa shared the scripture in her message. And that was just a wonderful word. Uh, Psalm 105 verse 37 says that God brought him out with silver and with gold. And it says here that there was not one feeble or sick person among all of their tribes. And remembering that all of that went back to them partaking of the Passover lamb. And because we know today that Jesus Christ is our Passover and in a figure, we are partaking of Jesus Christ right now because Jesus says, take, eat. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. And then he also says, drink of this cup. This is the cup of the new covenant. So let's partake together right now and let's trust God that if there is any sickness in your body, that it'll leave you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we praise God for his abundant provision in our lives. For all the silver and all the gold, it all belongs to God and God wants to bring it into our hand. Hallelujah, Jesus. And just as we partake, I can just sense the anointing of God. The presence of God is is on me right now. I can just sense his presence. And so there's miracles happening right now as I speak. There's healing for your physical body happening as I speak. There's healing for marriages happening even as I speak. There's healing in homes, sons and daughters. It's happening now. God says, I'm bringing them back. It's happening right now as I speak. Father God, I release jobs. There's anybody that's lost a job. Father, I thank you that you have a better job. And I declare the silver and I declare the gold and I declare strength on your people. Even right now, we receive, we receive, we receive, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And Father God, just as I close, I just also want to lift up together Donald Trump, that you have raised up at this time. He's like a king, Cyrus, Father, 
Lord, he may be rough on the outside, but you said that you've raised him up. Even though he doesn't know you, you said to Cyrus that I'm going to use you to rebuild the broken places. And so, Father, we just thank you right now that you have got wisdom on this man to be able yes, to do Lord. what he needs to do. Lord God, he's standing up over the nations right now, and he's, Lord, standing up against money changes. He's standing up against Satan and what he would like to do in the earth. And so we join our hearts with you to pray for this man, that you help him to make the right decisions over America. And as America goes, so the nations go. And so we thank you, Father, that we declare the end time revival of finances is being transferred now throughout the body of Christ, right around the globe, right around the earth. And Father, that we are using it. We are using it to finance your gospel. I release right now unimaginable ideas coming forth from your church, even now, to know how to bless our creation. Gifts and talents that you've placed inside each yes, one. Lord. That's happening now in this time. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.